Welcome to another episode of What No One Tells You. I'm Chris. I'm Sarah. And today we're in our house. We've been recording the podcast from the road in our truck camper, Mm -hmm. but now we're not in the studio. We decided to bring the studio home with us. Yeah, I don't think we've ever podcast from the house. I don't think we have either. Welcome to our home. Yeah, it's quaint. our fireplace behind us and... I'm sure this is going to be like the worst setup we've done, though, just because the lighting's changing. It's like partly cloudy outside, so it's, just bear with us if you're watching the video. That's okay. You're you're driving down the road right now. You're listening to us. You're ready for me to make a joke and laugh. Right. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> today's episode is all about business. Well, I mean, it's it's primarily working from the road. We have a lot of questions geared towards us about being digital nomads. But it's not just business. It's also self-development. I feel like the the stuff that we talk about in this episode is very, um, maybe you're in a rut in life. Maybe you, I, while the conversation is largely about like figuring out your career, a lot of it could be applied to you just feel bored in life. Like you need to mm. find that thing that gets you excited. And like, what is it that gets you excited? What is that hobby you need to chase after? Maybe that hobby that you're doing now is your future career. Um, so that's kind of what this conversation's about. We get asked all the time how to start a business on the road, or we've asked, we've had people ask us to do a whole episode on starting Friendful Coffee and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And we, while we have started many a business, some have succeeded and some have failed. Um, I feel like where our forte is is more on the marketing side and the dreaming side. And while we can mm-hmm. execute, there are people out there like our guest today who are better at coaching you and guiding you through the practicalities of it and helping you figure out what that place is for you in the world and Mm -hmm. making sure you do A, B, C, and D to stay on track. Yeah. So David Weaver, he's actually a brother of a really good friend of ours. And so, (laughs) but he runs a successful business and he coaches other entrepreneurs or people wanting to start their business and teaches them how to be a good business person. Yeah. It's sort of a loaded conversation, but it is full of good nuggets and be sure to check out all of his information. We'll link everything down below because there are some resources that we talk about throughout the episode, but Mm -hmm. let's just jump right into it. Well, hang on. Before we jump in, we have to, this is the part where we ask for your help, the audience, the people listening to this. Smash that like button. Smash that like (laughs) button on YouTube and make sure if you could leave us a five star. Well, no, hang on. I'm not requesting a five star review. I'm asking a truthful review, an honest review, an honest review. If you can be honest on iTunes or if you want to leave a star rating on Spotify, that would be great. But if you don't like us, just maybe keep your mouth shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Move on. All right. Now let's jump into the podcast. So today we are joined by our good friend, David Weaver. And we're, we've actually, I say a good friend because we feel like we know him because we're really good friends with some family of his and but I feel like we're already there. So David, thanks for <laughs> thanks for being part of the show. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. So I guess briefly just go ahead and introduce yourself. Like we sort of know who you are. We do know who you are, but just tell us so people who may not know you where you're from, what you do and all that good stuff just to introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's see. I have been married for 16 years. I think 16 or 17. Um, I have two little girls who are seven and 10, and I've grown up and lived in the Pacific Northwest uh, my entire life. And uh, the more I travel to other places, I love traveling, but the more it makes me love the Pacific Northwest. I just love living up here in Western Washington. There's, it's so great. Um, and professionally, what I do is I, I work primarily with uh, business owners, and I do um, there's a number of different titles that you could 
put on it, but I've kind of landed on this title for now of uh, self-mastery coaching um, and really helping people, you know, live up to their full potential. And then also like how that then translates into their business and everything like intertwined with that. There's, there's a lot of different topics that I want to talk about today because I love talking about business. I love doing all of this, but you did say something at the very beginning that you live in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> and that is a place that we love so much. So why, why do you like it? Like why, why the PNW? Yeah, I, it's, I think it's the access to all of the stuff that I really enjoy doing. And primarily it's the mountains. And so I grew up just doing a lot of hiking and spending time outside when I was younger. And then um, in, I'd say like kind of right out of high school, just started like, all right, let's see what kind of peaks we can start ticking off. And then um, my best friend and I started, He, I remember we just actually looked at it like a week ago. He bought me this like 75 best scrambles in Washington state or whatever. And he wrote in the front cover of it. And we're like, we started working on, you know, checking off uh, peaks in there. And then um, from there, it really expanded into a lot of things, which I can get into if you want or not. Uh, but the, I, yeah, I just think it's like you can you have Mount Rainier National Park is one of the most amazing places on the planet. And I've just recently even more fallen in love with that place. But, the, you know, North Cascades, you got Mount Rainier National Park, you got the Olympics, you got the ocean, you got the Puget Sound, you got all the San Juan Islands. It's just like, I don't know. It's it's pretty hard to beat. I mean, and then last weekend we went to the east side, which is much more deserty. And I was like, man. I forget that this is right here too. Like we don't have to drive all the way to Utah to get some desert. We can just like go an hour and a half over here and mm -hmm. get that um, thing too. So I just feel like it has so much to offer. It does. Don't make us jealous. We yeah. miss it. We do love it. We love the East coast in its own way, but man, the Pacific Northwest, I mean, that's how we know your family is just from living in Seattle. So yeah, yeah we I, miss those mountains. Well, and I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't talk about. I mean, everybody talks about Seattle. They talk yeah. about Portland. They talk about the evergreens and the mountains but nobody ever talks about that the rest of the state is like a desert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and is. it's so surprising as somebody that didn't grow up there. If you're driving across the country, you know, you like you're coming from the East Coast and then you finally hit like Spokane, Washington. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's just like, where are we? Like there's Until you nothing. Hit the mountains, nothing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Barren. Yeah, we love it out there. I want to preface the conversation because I don't know how much you know about us, but let's preface it and say that we get asked a lot about starting businesses. So a huge part of what we do is we're digital nomads, which is just, you know, a lifestyle where people work remotely and that kind of thing. But we do get asked a lot about, could you talk to about, you know, starting a business and what that looks like and trying to manage it from the road? I mean, there's, you know, the legal side of it. And then there's just the entire you know, keeping yourself afloat while you're trying to do that, just the everyday to day kind of thing. So I think that's what we'd really love to focus with on with you here today. Um, just, you know, you do business coaching. So we always tell people as digital nomads, you have two options. You can work for somebody or you can work for yourself. And I think you could really speak to the working for yourself side of it. You know, if somebody wants to get into this or maybe they already have their own business, what are some practical tips? Maybe just give some inspiration or insight. I'll just let you kind of run with it. But what would you like people to know if they want to be their own business? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, we could take this in a million directions. But I think if we just like zoom out really far for a second is I think it's really important and partly why how I ended up where I am today is to think about like what you really want to do. 
and because it, it's it's you could do anything there's so so many things you could do but like what feels important and i like this question that i've asked for a long time is like what makes you feel fully alive and like exploring that and trying you know different avenues of of that and what that could be for you because i don't know about you guys but for me part of my inspiration was to become an entrepreneur was and i didn't realize it at the time but watching my dad work in like corporate america sort of job and like not really liking it you know <laughs> and i was like i don't want to do that and so i actually i started in um like it and i got i just got a job because i was like young and i knew the guy that worked there and it was a great job and it was like you know i could have taken that to i can still be working in it today obviously like it's a very you know good lucrative field but i was so bored <laughs> so like i think it mm -hmm. really has to start with kind of having that like interest and passion in something regardless of if it's going to be you know being an entrepreneur or not I, I think that you know we live in a time where the opportunities to go after that type of thing is more available than ever so but then from there you know it's like well what can i do here's what i like and what can i do and sometimes we conflate those two things too like um you can't see but right over here i have like a drum set and a piano sitting over here and my original dream when i was younger was to like be a musician and make money doing that, um, which obviously didn't work out, but <laughs> <laughs> there's still time. <laughs> yeah, there's still time. Right. Um, but it's cool now because I don't have any pressure or what's anything around that. I can just play music. I can write music when I want. I can let inspiration come and go. Um, and there's no pressure around that. And so sometimes it is valuable to like say, okay, I'm going to maybe get into entrepreneurship, but I it, it's and it's maybe something that I like, but it's not like all of my passions or just like this one all consuming thing. You know, I think it's OK to have like kind of separation there sometimes because it can mm -hmm. it can be really rewarding that way to have like outside passions that you're not just doing work. Because I feel like if your passion is your work and that's the only thing, it's easy to get burned out on this thing that you love potentially. I don't know if I really answered your question. <laughs> no, it was, it was a loaded question yeah. <laughs> in your defense. It was a very loaded question, but you, you're definitely hitting on like a, that, that pain point for us. Like this mm -hmm. is a constant battle for us of like, you love what you do. And so it can be consuming. And then mm -hmm. if you start to feel tired by it, you get that sense of burnout. And then you feel like you have no passion or hobby to go and do mm -hmm. as a rest. Is that what you're going? Yeah, I no, absolutely. Shaking your, yeah, yeah, shaking yeah. Your head. because I'm like, oh no, my job's a, my, my hobby is my job now. Yeah, or you're something I really love and it's my job and it's a tied to money and self-worth and all of the, like, I feel like it's being an entrepreneur, starting your own business is very romantic. You know, like you, you've, I feel like you, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong and maybe you can speak to this, that, you know, like you set out to start your own business. You're like, you want to set your own hours do all that. But then after you're on the grind and you're working and working and working, it's not as freeing as you think, mm -hmm. right? You know, so like, yeah, it's a lot more work than maybe working for corporate America. So it, can you speak to that? Like how much work, how, like what all does this entail for you to like start your own business to do it? Like what, what, what's the reality of it? And how can I, can I add something to that? Yeah. How can you save yourself from ending up where we found ourselves at times where, we let our entire passion become our job. And then you get that sense of you're trapped with no escape, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we love what we do. Yeah. I want to say that, well, but it can definitely be very high pressure. It's like high risk, high reward, yeah. high pressure, high reward. I feel like, I feel like we just like 
did a grenade and we just threw it <laughs> at David. We we're like, ah, gotcha. Like, let's go. So I like it. <laughs> feel, feel free to like break it down as much as you want. Answer whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah, we can. Yeah, just go with it. <laughs> well, so I think there's like a number of different elements here, and like, so there's a there's sort of a normal trajectory, right? So like, you decide you want to be an entrepreneur and you get into it. You're you're the person. You have to do all the things. Like, there's no, <laughs> you know. You have to do the accounting, yeah. you have to do the marketing, you have to do all of the things. And what I think you find is like, you 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 have to create some sort of discipline, especially in the areas that you don't like to do as much. Um, but if you end up doing those for a long period of time, they can become very life draining and then that makes it very challenging. And so there, ho hopefully over time there are like, um, there's this great book. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Benjamin Hardy, but he's he's written a couple of different books, and one of them is is Who Not How, and it's great. You know, just like okay, when you get to this point, what can you delegate? You know, and it's now again like even more available. Okay, I don't I don't like doing this thing. I, this is not a great use of my time. These things over here I love doing. This is actually like creating more business and generating more over here. But all of this stuff is like. Ugh. You know, so looking for ways to offload things and, you know, hiring VAs is like mm -hmm. such a cool thing that we have now where you can have somebody working for, for you for pretty low cost. And maybe it's really good money for them. Like I know a lot of people, you know, have VAs from the Philippines and, you know, mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. So right. there's kind of that aspect of it. But then also you brought up something that I think is really important. And I actually love to help people with this is like our identity and our self-worth getting caught up in the thing we're doing. Mm -hmm. And that is not like an easy, I'm, well, I don't want to say it's super hard, but it's, it takes some like very intentional, like thought and like work to decouple that and say, uh, like, listen, I'm not <laughs> like, just because maybe I'm whatever, not having a good day at work doesn't mean that I'm not a good person or whatever. But like we, cause we all have these identities, right? We have like, um, do you guys have kids? No, no. Okay. just a dog. Just okay, a dog. just a dog. Okay. <laughs> so, but like, you know, uh, identities of like husband, wife, daughter, son, whatever, right? And then, and then we create these other identities mm -hmm. as we go through life. So maybe like you start running and you love running and you become a runner. And now that's like a new identity that you have. The same thing with like being an entrepreneur and your business, like, oh, I'm a business owner now. And this is what business owner looks like. So it's being careful and learning how to to separate those two things so that who you are as a human being does not equal what you're doing for your business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so, it definitely is. Yeah. That is, well, we could break that down in multiple episodes, I feel like, about how to separate that work and life balance and save your soul a little bit because we definitely crossed that line yeah. so many times. Well, how do you, how do you combat that with people who put that identity on you? You know, like you look at me and obviously you think runner, you know, <laughs> uh, not really, but like you, but you're like, yeah, I am a runner, but I, I'm other things, mm -hmm. but these people are putting this identity on you. You know, I think oftentimes even like as businesses, like you know, you, you'll have a business that's like, oh, I'm a camera company, but oh yeah, but we make more things than just the camera. We make a microphone, blah, blah, you know, we're an inner, whatever. So how do you change other people's, or can you change other people's perceptions on like what the identity they put on you? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, 
for me, and this this can be, you know, and if everybody lives differently how they want to, but for mm-hmm. me, I don't really care. They can label me however they want, mm-hmm. um, you know, within reason as long as they're not being like, I don't know, malicious towards me or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, if if they're labeling me as something that's not really exactly what I am, like. I think that's where like being grounded in your identity of who you know you are is so important because then it's like whatever like you can you have this like shield sort of thing of like oh yeah you think i'm that yeah whatever like it's it's no big deal Mm -hmm. and then if they want to have a conversation about that and be open to like talking to you more to learn more about you then maybe they'll just you know discover that but you know we live in a world where constant judgment is happening all the time and i try to live in a world where I'm being curious as much as possible, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so, cause then you can take that right back on that person who's judging you. Cause that's essentially what's happening. They're saying, Oh, I think you're this. And you're like, Oh, interesting. You know, what's going on there? Why, what's going on in their life that makes them make that snap judgment or whatever. And then you're not taking it personally. And I think that's one of the biggest things is like every it's, everybody has their own stories and stuff going on and they're walking around projecting that everywhere. And when you realize that, you're just like, oh, it's just what, it's their thing. It's not me. It's not on me. Um, I think mm. it's a really freeing way to, to operate. I guess this is okay to say. So you, you, your sister is one of our best friends. And so just in talking to her, I feel like I know more about who you are and your identity outside of your work than I did about your actual work, mm. which I think speaks a lot to how you're living your life. Um, like Heidi talks about you guys being hikers. You're a family guy. You love to run the, you're the one who ran the Grand Canyon, like the rim to rim to rim in a day. Wasn't that you? I just did rim to rim, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, still rim to rim. Like that's a lot of running. Yeah. So, I mean, like I, I say all that to say that I know from your sister that you have this whole identity outside of your work and everybody knows you for more than just what you are or what you do for a living. And I think that we could all learn a little bit of something about that. Obviously you're doing something right. And I feel like Chris and I are definitely the worst time, which is why we wanted to have you on to speak a little bit about, you know, business coaching and finding your identity and um, not letting it become your identity because we are, you know, there's two kinds of people. There's people who live to work and work to live. And for years, Chris and I were opposite people like, and, but now we've both kind of gotten on the same page where we both really love our work and it can be, um, it can be it can be draining, but it also can be super life giving at the same time. Mm-hmm. But we we know that we have to set those boundaries better, and we've never wanted to talk about this in the podcast because we don't know that answer. So that's I think that's what I was trying to get back to say is here is just that um, we have a lot to learn from you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you want to dive in there yeah. too, Chris. Well, I mean, just so when somebody comes to you and they're like, "Hey, be my coach," like what is the what are the most common problems that you see? Because I feel like we're, we're all probably on the same page. Uh, you know, everybody's different and they all have their own unique things. But what are the most common things that you see when somebody comes to you? Yeah. So like broadly speaking, my favorite person to talk to is somebody who is like, I know I'm getting in my own way. Like just, okay, good. We're at a good start. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of the time it's like pretty high stress levels, getting overwhelmed, just feeling like, you know, they're not really enjoying life. They're not enjoying the journey of owning the business or life or whatever that looks like. Um, maybe feel out of balance. Uh, and they just feel a lot of times I feel as business owners, it's cool that you guys work together. Well, maybe a blessing and a, and a difficulty at the same time. <laughs> um, but 
a lot of business owners feel alone. They feel like they're just out there and whether they're a sole, you know, sole proprietor or they're in charge of a bunch of people, sometimes they just feel like they don't have anybody in their corner to, to talk to talk through challenges. And it's hard to talk to your spouse sometimes because they don't understand the, the business struggles that you're going through or whatever. Um, so those are a lot of the, the typical things that I see with people. And, you know, sometimes there's the imposter syndrome. There's, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that comes from that, but definitely this like identity stuff and limiting beliefs. That's a big, big piece of it. And that's where a lot of my yeah. clients have the biggest breakthroughs because we're not taught that we're not taught how to like deal with that. We're not, that's not something that's like covered in school. Emotional intelligence isn't really co covered in school. And there may be more coming now, which is cool, which is one of the mm -hmm. good things I think right. about like where we're at as a society is, well, it seems like there's a lot of crazy conflict and there is, it's because we're like raising the level of consciousness and we're not like, you can see it from generation to generation. Like just thinking about like simple things, like, and maybe you had a different experience, but, and, and this is not a knock to anybody or any generational thing. But if you think about like how much our grandparents said, like, I love you to their kids, to our parents, and then how much our parents said that mm. to us. And now how much we say it to our kids, it's like exponential changes over mm. generation. And so I, I see a lot of mm -hmm. positive in that. Um, it's cool. But, and I just went off on quite the tangent, but anyway. <laughs> no, that's great. No, it's, it's good. You're so right though. I mean, that mm -hmm. has an impact on us. I want to get like practical advice and you've already given some good practical advice, but I know that we're asking for some pretty in-depth information. Mm -hmm. that, like that's not a one podcast interview kind of thing. It's a whole coaching process, yeah, obviously. This, this, right. So we're not asking for you to like consolidate everything that you say and teach and everything into one 30, 45 minute episode here. Yeah. But how, what is the, what do you think we should talk about as far as the most valuable stuff? Cause I keep thinking like our audience is largely like digital nomads. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like they are ultimately trying to take their business on the road or international. Or yeah. Something. So like, you know, people come to us all the time and they're like, Hey, how do you guys do this? And we can give them practical, you know, tips or advice on, you know, like this is how we did it. This is how we were able to work from the road. And a lot of times when, when you see people online, especially like us in, in our field, you know, most people are like, oh, you just become a content creator and that's how I'm able to travel or whatever. And we, yes, that is one avenue, but that's not the only avenue to be able to do that. So you as an entrepreneur, as somebody who runs your own business, is this something that, is it possible to be like a digital nomad, you know, to, to be able to travel the world, still work, um, and not be a content creator and share your content with everybody in order for you to keep traveling? Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. So in my experience, yeah, for sure. So my, and, and part of like, what led me to today, so I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years now, which is I feel like a cool milestone. It's like, wow. a, it's like a long time. <laughs> That's yeah, a really long yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we started though, um, like from that IT job, like trying to figure out what I wanted to do. We started by um, opening a gym. And so we had a gym for eight years. So that was the first part of my entrepreneurial journey. And um, that's very much, that was very much like not digital nomad life. <laughs> um, but it was super cool and I'm grateful for all of the experiences and everything that I learned from that. And in a lot of ways, it makes me even more grateful now for this digital nomad life that we have now, because I know what those expenses are for a 
brick and mortar space, you know, mm -hmm. like it's, it's expensive to have that kind of thing. And now to just like work at home and have mm -hmm. like almost zero expenses, unless I, you know, want to have them for marketing and whatever, all that stuff, but there's none of that. Um, yeah. I think, you know, sometimes those transitions really lend itself to making good decisions now and like learning, learning some hard lessons. Um, but for for us, yeah, 100%, I don't do, I'm actually hardly on social media at all. I don't like doing content very much. It's like, I think I'm, so I'm kind of classified as like an elder millennial. So I'm like right on the, <laughs> the cusp of that, <laughs> um, you know, where we grew up like kind of pre-internet, but then also in the, the thick of it, like coming out, which is, is a mm -hmm. unique space mm -hmm. and time in life, um, I think. So... I'm not, I don't really love to overshare on the, you know, I spend most of my time on LinkedIn because that's where I'm trying to grow my business <laughs> is on LinkedIn. And like the rest of the stuff, yeah. you'll, like if you go to my personal Instagram, I don't know when the last time I posted was maybe like six or 12 months ago. <laughs> yeah. Not posting and not being a content creator um, and still being a digital no nomad is a hundred percent possible and has been for us. And I have set it up to where I'm very intentional. So this whole like keeping the outside passions and then doing this thing. Um, I only take regular calls three days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I do all my coaching calls Thursday. I can take calls if I want or not. Or like today, I just didn't have much going on. And I was like, oh, sweet. Yes, I'd love to do a podcast because I don't I didn't have any recurring calls today because I don't I intentionally don't set them up there. And then Fridays, I never work. We go snowboarding all winter long. We go hiking in the summer. We do whatever. It's just like we go play. So we like set that up on purpose, like intentionally as much as possible. And I think to go back to kind of what we were talking about earlier about like the keeping your, not necessarily keeping them separate, but having those outside interests. Like I always tell people, I love being in the mountains. I love splitboarding. I love climbing. If I was just doing that, I would not be a, as good of a dad. I would not be as fulfilled of a person. I would not be as happy because my work gives me a chance to like pour into people and make me feel like I'm doing something that matters. And like time in the mountains is amazing and recharging and awesome, mm -hmm. but it's, it's very selfish. <laughs> it's just, you're going out there just to be, which is great. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But yeah. having those two things, right. I think, really elevates i wouldn't want to have just one or just the other one like i think it's really cool to like cultivate that if you can like should try to have more than just the one thing yeah no so you said like i like that you said that you can have a digital nomad career without being on social media in fact our last podcast episode that came out uh, right before yours was with carlos whitaker and he we talked with him and we were saying like he's super into social media and we said, have you ever thought about, you know, just dropping it all, just leaving it all. And I, as much as we love being on social media, we've connected with a lot of really cool people. There's always that like, Oh, one day I could just like shut my phone off and I never would turn it back onto social media ever again. Mm -hmm. And there's that idea. But then I also wonder like, would I still have an option to travel? Cause being on social media has opened up so many opportunities for us and we genuinely love sharing, but also there's that side of maybe one day I do want to call it quits. Like, what would that look like? And then hearing and seeing, like, I follow your wife on social media. I see you guys traveling and snowboarding and doing everything. And you are a digital nomad without having to be on social media. And I think mm -hmm. that's really encouraging. That is encouraging. It's, it's nice to know that people 
like just because you don't post about it doesn't mean it doesn't didn't happen right, right you yeah. know <laughs> so right. um and so like all right i in the nitty-gritty with your business obviously you do consulting you do business coaching and everything but you know if somebody's wanting to travel they're wanting to to have the a, a similar lifestyle as you do they have to go into the consulting business or or how do you how do you go about finding clients or making those connections to make sure that it does happen yeah um no i would say you could you know conceivably you could do anything and be a digital nomad um and remind me to come back to social media one more time for a second but um i think because like you know you could be a coder and work from the road like you can there's there's plenty of jobs and one of the best things about covid is that it uh, opened a lot of people's eyes especially like old school management to like oh yeah people can work from home and it's fine yeah (laughs) okay so i think there's more opportunities (laughs) than ever to work like remote jobs the reason i was able to to step into this world was built on that whole first part of my career it was like i learned how to like talk to people and have consultations and help them make behavior changes and all this stuff. And so it was not too hard of a transition from that to this, but you know, whatever that looks like, I think that's an exploratory process for everybody. And there's no, I don't, there's no solid answer on that. Cause you know, like if you're a engineer, like for example, when I was working IT, it was like, I had to keep track of spreadsheets and do all this stuff. And I was like, this is not how my brain works. I'm like a vision guy. I'm creative. Like this is not for me, but there's people who can do that kind of stuff like remotely potentially on their own or for other companies and love that. Mm -hmm. And then just like shut the laptop at the end of the day and boom, go and not have to worry about finding clients, but finding clients is a whole nother world. That's like, Mm -hmm. that's the full-time part job part of like owning your own business you can't rest on your laurels on that i was going to ask you if do you ever like i guess take it back a step further before business coaching Mm -hmm. do you ever help people figure out what their passion and calling should be like what they what that career step is do you ever do anything like that where you help guide them into figuring out what that business is yeah i do so this um the I came up with this this name a while back, and this kind of goes back to like the music thing. And it was because um, I so we started the gym, and then eight years go by, and I'm like, uh, I haven't played music for eight years. Like, what just happened? <laughs> and like that was the you know that was the plan. And so I was like, oh, this is like my forgotten art, right? And I came up with that name. And then I was like, oh, there's a bunch of, I bet you there's a bunch of people who have similar stories. And so I kind of got all excited about that. I like wrote and recorded an album. I started doing podcast interviews, talking to people about that, about their forgotten arts. um, And just like was super inspired. And um, oh no, and I just lost the, the question that you asked me. Say it again. Uh, oh, helping people. I got it. I got it. I know where I was going with this. What? Okay. Yeah. yeah, help- yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one blanking today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so then, you know, that question that I said earlier, like, what makes you feel fully alive? And I was asking people that on the podcast. Um, and they're, uh, I was running into a lot of people who were like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And I was like, okay, how can I help people like figure this out? So I actually created a workbook um, that is designed for that. So I have like, The first part is like 20 questions to help you like start triggering different ideas in your brain to like 
what, what could that be? You know, I'm not sure, but like just to start that process mm -hmm. and get going down that road. Um, and then I think from there, it's just go try stuff, you know, go see, go see what sticks and yeah. it, it might be mm -hmm. one thing for a little bit and then something else for a little bit, you know, gone are the days of like, go do this career for 25 years and retire. Like you could try yes. different stuff. <laughs> and yes, now, yes, you, know? you can. <laughs> I think that's been hard as millennials to let that idea go. Cause our, yeah. I don't know about you, but like my dad worked the same job my entire life and yeah. retired from that job. So like, did my dad, my dad, I mean, he did switch companies, but it was the same position, you know? Yeah. For, yeah but yeah. It's and then I, what is it? Millennials on average now keep the same job for like, four years at most or something like that. Like we do bop around a lot. I think there used to be a lot of shame or, you know, like, oh, they're inconsistent or they're flaky. But no, I love that you aren't married to one thing forever. Like I am that person where I have a thousand different interests mm -hmm. and who knows what I'll be interested in, in five years. But I, it's true. You can do whatever you want. You're not married to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's just, it's marrying, it's like trying stuff out seeing what works but then if you can mitigate the risk as much as possible i love that like you can you can go be a founder and you can live that i have a couple of clients who are founders if you want to live that life you better be ready for that that is yeah. intense yes. yeah <laughs> yeah yes. yeah like extreme resolve but if you can you can mitigate the risk um like like what i did with the IT job, it was actually like perfect timing because it was kind of around the, the downturn 2008, 2009, and things were kind of crashing okay. and the company was shrinking and somehow I still had a job. I don't know why, because I didn't do that much, wow. but um, <laughs> uh, I just would ask my boss like, hey, can I go down to 30 hours a week? And he's like, yeah, great. And then I was like, hey, can I go down to 20 hours a week? Yeah, great. Until eventually I was like, all right, here we go. Like pulling out the safety net. But Wow. You know, I think wow. there's a lot of value in that too, is like, can you find something that pays your bills so that you can focus on doing this thing or trying this new thing without like putting yourself in a, you know, tough situation? Because yeah. I don't know, I, I feel like that sort of risk is easier to, to deal with. It's like, okay, I got to use more energy and I got to work hard for a while, but then the transition is yeah. much smoother or, or it doesn't work out and you're like, okay, well, let's try something else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, for yeah. sure. It's, At least you gave it a shot. And I mean, if nothing else, maybe you learned that you hate it or, you, you know, get another idea for something else. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's sort of the route we took with our businesses is we, we did one thing. It sort of takes the risk off of it. Not entirely, but Chris has owned his own business for what, 15, 16 years Around now? Around that too, yeah. The graphic nice. design, web design, that kind of stuff. And then I joined in when we, we got married. So like that has been our bread and butter for our entire marriage and it's still over 50% of our income. But as like this other business of social media and content creating has become a thing, that percentage slowly, like it's crossing over a little bit, mm -hmm. but it takes that risk out. Cause we know at the end of the day, like we're still able to pursue this passion and try new things like a podcast alongside the YouTube and see like what works, what doesn't work and still be able to make money along the way. So that's how we've yeah kind of made that work. I think it's interesting though, that you went to your boss and you asked him, like you, you kind of said, Hey, can I scale back a little bit? And most people that I know wouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. They, they're afraid of that even first ask, or yeah. I did have like, before I started doing the whole freelance thing, I did have an awful boss. And I remember mentioning something, uh, nothing was ever set in stone. It was me dreaming of maybe one day doing something else. 
and then I was fired, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> two weeks later. So yeah. because of and he was, yeah. It, so when you are in that like middle ground of me, yeah, you're like, you know what? I think I want to start something, but you're afraid to take that leap of faith, you know, that step out. Most people are not like my boss, but I, are most people like your boss where you ask a question and they're like, yeah, yeah, we, we can work towards that goal or, um, yeah, like what, what, what does that first step look like for most people? Well, I don't know exactly what most people's bosses are, but I would actually venture to guess that more people are like your boss than mine. Um, honestly, like I think because it's just normal to have this scarcity mindset of like, I don't know why. Like, I think a really good boss is somebody who like help has you for the time. Actually, this is one of the, the best lessons that I got from when we owned the gym. We had some clients who had a business for a long time, a multi-generational business. And I was thinking about bringing on another coach to help. But I knew she wanted to open her own facility someday, too. And I was like, what do you guys think I should do? You know what? Do you have any? And they're like, is she awesome? Like, yes. Is she going to help you? Yes. Then are there enough people for both of you in the, all these cities? Like, yes. Okay. Then take on the help while you have it and, you know, really, you know, train her up and teach her mm -hmm. and she'll be, she'll be awesome for you and you'll, and you'll both, you know, be successful. And then when she's ready to go off on her own, then like wish her well and, there's plenty for everybody. And if managers and bosses could see that, like in you caring about the person and their dreams, they're also going to help your business in the meantime better because you actually care, not just say you care or just treat them as a number. Yeah. Then I think we would have a lot healthier uh, companies, but I, I will say that like, just do what you can to mitigate the risk, like financially as much as you can. If you can save up a bunch of extra to have, you know, some set aside, reduce all your expenses. What we did is we, um, yeah. we sold all kinds of stuff. Like when we, it was ridiculous, you know, typical, like the college, get out of college, get the corporate job. So we had, uh, and then we bought a condo. So we had a condo, two car payments, two motorcycle payments, two student loans. <laughs> and we're like, this is so stupid, yeah. right? It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so we ended up, um, we ended up selling a lot of stuff. Like we sold our motorcycles. We like buckled down, we paid, paid things off. Mm -hmm. We like did everything that we could to mitigate the risk financially so that we could make that leap and make less money and be okay. So I think, you know, doing that, but no matter what you do, it's still going to be scary. No matter what I remember, I still remember how scary oh, it yeah. was to like, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. 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 That's terrifying yeah. to take that first step. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Especially because I mean, a lot of times we, you do fail. I mean, we've failed at plenty of different mm -hmm. business ventures and well, you know, I feel like with a, a normal typical, like a normal typical nine to five corporate job, whatever it is, there's this level of consistency or reliability for the most part. Yeah. Um, but as somebody who owns your own business or, you know, whatever, like that, that net is kind of taken from you a little bit. The consistency or the reliability is dependent on your skill set or just the flavor of the month. You know, it's just like what you don't, you can't depend on it at the very beginning or like you, you just don't know what it's going to, going to do. Yeah. But it's, um, but 
I feel like everyone that we talk to or that we know that has taken that first step, like they, yeah, they're like, yeah, it's scary, but they're still doing it or, you know, or they don't regret doing it. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. I would agree with that. Yeah. It took me a long time to get on board with this whole like entrepreneur idea because I was very much raised like go to college, get the career, you know, that kind of thing. Like you, you, not necessarily you have to stick with the same job, but you have to have something that seems consistent. Like my parents were very big, like finance people of make sure you have enough to, you know, saved up and that kind of thing. And so the idea of being an entrepreneur or self-employed and having a not consistent paycheck, like, I mean, one month, it may be five times what it was the month before. And mm-hmm. you're always having to save extra just in case you, you know, the clients don't come through. I, I mean, it's, it's high risk. Cause it took me a long time to get on board with that, but I don't regret it. I yeah. really don't. Even in the worst days, like I, well, maybe there's, there are a few days here and there where I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> it's so stressful. But overall, I think it really is worthwhile. Yeah. We really love it. So David, if you were able to give like one piece of advice to somebody listening right now that is, is even thinking about uh, stepping out, like what, what would you say? I think I would say, trust your intuition, trust yourself. Like really listen to, to it. And like, is it, is it scary? Cause it's new and you've never done it before. And you came from a family, same, like where, you know, everybody kind of does it by the book. And so there's no one to model it after or no one who's been there before to kind of show you that. Or, you know, cause all of those things are overcome. You can overcome them. And even this, like, even if you're, personality is predisposed to like more of a a rule follower if you like feel in your gut like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna regret if i don't give this a try then i think that's that's the thing to listen to and and to go after it Um, but if you're like yeah it's okay no big deal i don't i don't think i'd care if i didn't do it then maybe not yeah i mean that's me to a t i'm like yes that was me that is me (laughs) still today That's, that's every day of my life i do have one more question for you and um I may be completely off base on this or not, but do you, (laughs) I'm just curious, like, do you offer services in your business coaching to sort of help people on the practical side of business ownership of, you know, maybe that's trying to figure out like what insurance or something like that could be for self-employed, like trying to figure out how to manage your hours. I mean, do you do any of that side of business? Like the, the nitty gritty back end? Cause like one thing that we get asked a lot is like, you know, um, managing it on the road like you have to get taxed in different places sometimes that kind of stuff like they're really like not yeah. fun is, do you offer direction in that kind of thing or could you point people in the direction of you know how to set themselves up for success and to be legal yeah so i would say no to the legal stuff that's like definitely you could talk to a business lawyer if you really need to like know the exact laws or like a, a tax attorney or something um but as far as like all the other mm-hmm. practical business stuff yeah for sure like i've spent a lot of time marketing. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time helping people with time management because that's that's like one of the biggest things at the end of the day, right? Is like, especially if you're mm-hmm. traveling, how to maximize your time. Um, and then mm-hmm. also how you feel about the time that you're spending. Because it's one, because yeah. I have, you know, people will come to me and they'll be like, this, this to-do list is never ending. Like it's never ending. And I'm like, yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> You have a yeah. never ending list of <laughs> yes. problems to solve. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So yeah, oh, like practically breaking that down into like, well, how do, so then how do I organize that? And then how do I feel like I'm 
accomplishing things and feel good about the progress that I'm making and not just feel like I'm constantly mm -hmm. you know, in the thick of like being behind and overwhelmed and never getting everything mm -hmm. done that I want to get done. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, yes mm -hmm. to most of it, no to okay. the legal stuff. <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, I, I totally get that. Yeah, 100%. Nobody wants to claim the legal stuff. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Someone else. <laughs> so we, That's why we just steer clear some of those questions. Yeah, we're just like dodging. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, maybe join one of your coaching programs or, you know, whatever, what's the best way? How can people find out more about what you do? Yeah. So uh, my website's the best way. It's unbrokenpursuit.com. And, um, there's a bunch of information on there, but I think there's a there's a cool free tool on there for anybody who's interested. It's called um, Self Mastery for Business Owners, and it's an assessment, and it's broken down into six different categories, and it's super low tech. I literally I designed it just to like print this thing out, sit at a coffee shop, and like score yourself. Um, and it's designed to see like what am I doing well, where are maybe some blind spots that I I don't know I have, and what are some you know, areas that I probably know and then I score myself appropriately that I need to work on. Um, and it's just a really great kind of <clears throat> starting point to say like, okay, what what can I work on next in improving myself and my ability to run my business really well? And then also like, you know, be a good human. We'll put all the links in the description down below. And so that way people can find you. We know not to tell them to go to social media, but are you on LinkedIn? <laughs> can we at least like link to your LinkedIn? Is that something we can do? Yes, I am on LinkedIn. I do have, like, I think 7,000 okay. connections on LinkedIn now. So, you know, semi-respectable. <laughs> I am so I think, far from that 500 plus mark. You know, I think I got, I think I have 50. Shoot, man. Like, yeah. all right. <laughs> we are definitely the social media people. Got to work on that. That's yeah. our next step. LinkedIn. Oh, David, thanks so much for like just sitting down and talking about just everything business related. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun and uh, great to finally see you guys uh, face to face. Yeah, yeah. Hope to see you soon. Thanks for listening to What No One Tells You with Chris and Sarah. If you have a comment or question that you want answered on the air, be sure to send us a message to hello at chrisandsarah.com or you can call or text our phone number at 423-825-9572. Thanks for listening.